0: This podcast sponsored by the American Society for Information Science and Technology. Since 1937, ASIS has been the society for information professionals, leading the search for new and better theories, techniques, and technologies to improve access to information by the IA Summit. This year, your peers and industry experts spoke about how topics such as social networking, gaming, patterns, tagging, taxonomies, and a wide range of IA tools and techniques help users experience information and by Boxes and Arrows. Since 2001, Boxes and Arrows has been a peer-written journal promoting contributors who want to provoke thinking, push limits, and teach a few things along the way. For more events happening all over the world, be sure and check out events.boxesandarrows.com. James Robertson, head of Step 2 Design, asks the question, what do innovative intranets look like? In late 2007, the winners of the inaugural Intranet Innovation Awards were announced. With submissions across the globe, the winning entries represented the UK, US, Italy, Denmark, Switzerland, Australia, and New Zealand. James's presentation provides highlights into the winning entries and provides lessons learned from organizations looking to drive innovation via their intranet. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers.
1: Okay, so we're going to talk about innovative intranets. So let's get stuck into it. I've got a lot to cover. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Joe. So when we talk about innovation, it's a really interesting word. And actually, something that I took away from Eric Rees last year was to take a new perspective on of innovation. Often, we get innovation confused with invention. Invention saying, hey, I've got this great new idea. It's like this hat with this propeller on it. and It's wonderful. But actually, innovation is about new ideas put into practice for the benefit of someone. some one group, one country, one organization, one world, doesn't really matter, but it is new ideas put into practice. And so that's what I'm gonna talk about in the next 45 minutes is really practical ideas, some big, some small. I'm gonna give some examples, but I'm gonna talk about some broader stuff as well. And I'm gonna start with some broader stuff. Because when we look at intranets, you know, the, the question we often start with is, yes, but, but what is it? What, what is this thing called an intranet? And if we're to innovate it, what exactly direction are we talking about? So let me give some frameworks first, then I'll give some examples, and then I'll try and excite you all at the end. So something that I wrote a little while ago is the four key purposes of an intranet. Why it took me five years of thinking nothing but intranets, scary as that is, um, to come up with a single simplest list I've ever written, I don't know, but I think it's quite good, and let's see what you think about it. So the first of the four key purposes of an intranet is content. This is the one we're most um, comfortable with, particularly in a setting like this, and we've done great on this, or at least we've got a hell of a lot of it. It's proven kind of troublesome in terms of actually structuring it and ensuring that people can actually find things and getting the authors to actually update stuff. But this has clearly been one of the primary purposes of intranets up to this point. So this is the intranet as an online library, as the one-stop shop, as the repository of, you know, stuff. And it's served this purpose. So that's the first one. The second one is also kind of obvious. So this is the intranet as a communications channel. And again, we've done okay on this. There's been a clear focus. This has mostly involved a news box on the homepage. And okay, so they're not necessarily the most exciting of news items. Company X acquires company Y or or HR releases a new policy on equal opportunity in the workplace, or SAP rollout is coming soon, things like this. But at least there's been a focus and a clear owner, which is internal communications. There's a lot more to be done around this, but at least we've made a start. The third of the purposes is collaboration. So collaboration is obviously a red-hot topic right now. Everyone is talking about this, um, mostly because of either wikis or SharePoint, both spreading like viruses within our organisations, and so it's like, right, this is the way, in this case, the wiki way, uh, or SharePoint will rule the future, but either way, there's a lot happening around this, and this is good, but the challenge is saying, how do we do this in a way that actually doesn't make things worse in the long term? How do we do this in a way that is actually aligned with the other things that we're doing, including our intranets and our document management systems and our business systems? And this is the topic that we should be talking about, but we're not so much. The fourth of the purposes for an intranet is activity. So this is the intranet as a place for doing things, not just as a place for reading things. So if you look at most of our intranets, I mean, they have lots of very handy features. So I like collected all of our forms in the one spot. So now we've got a form section, which is great. So our 400 forms in some alphabetical list. Maybe not so great, but they're there. Much better than the bits of paper floating around. Of course, to fill them in, I find the form on the intranet as a PDF, print it off, fill it in by hand, put it in the internal mail that goes across to some other human who then types it back into a system and then processes it. It's not exactly 21st century thinking here. So hey, we could have, you know, like an online form. What do you reckon? And that's the simplest form of activity. Obviously there's a lot more to it than that. There's the the grand end of things, the HR self-service, the finance systems and all these other big applications, but a lot of little stuff in between. So we talked about content, communication, collaboration, and activity. So as I've flagged so far, the focus on intranets up to this point has mostly been around content and communication. This has been the traditional role of intranets alongside other stuff. The problem with this is that it's not enough. Intranets are simply not useful enough if this is all they do. And if you want ROI for this you can't have it. There is no ROI for these two aspects by themselves. I mean you can come up with that cockamamie, I'm going to save each staff person two minutes a day multiplied by the number of staff, the number of days in the year and the average salary equals 17.5 million dollars but we wouldn't be so foolish as to use that so I'm not going to criticize that any further. So we've wrestled with this. We've wrestled with intranets that do this for quite a long time. What I'm gonna argue that in part, we need to shift the focus. If we wanna focus on delivering business value, then it's actually much more about the second two things. I'm sort of trying to indicate with my sexy diagram that the, the orange bits are the bits we should be working on. This is us closing the gap. And if we particularly are interested in ROI or demonstrating business value, it's about activity. Not just helping people get access to the policy for something, but actually helping them to do it end-to-end, task completion. And there's huge opportunities for this. I mean, it's practically green fields within organizations around this aspect. Now it's not to say that we should be doing less of the other two things. I will argue that a truly innovative, a truly effective intranet is actually about getting balance across all four aspects. Then we start to deliver an intranet that actually succeeds. Now the reason why I've talked about this is not just to give a framework but to highlight that there is different faces of innovation. And I'm gonna tie back some of the examples to these categories. Start to sort of say, well if we're talking about communication and collaboration, what could that involve? What is activity all about? And I think it gives us a good mental hook to say, where are we doing great, where aren't we, and where should we be focusing our efforts? So let me talk about innovation in detail then. And I'm gonna use the Internet Innovation Awards. These are global awards that we launched Uh, Last year, it's got a pretty logo. Um, Open to the world. We got entries from across the globe. Um, We announced the winners in September, October last year. Winners, as you see, nicely scattered across Italy, Switzerland, Denmark, UK, USA, things down in my neck of the woods, Australia, New Zealand. Um, And I'm going to use some examples from this to talk about what innovation can mean. So let me start with Fiat. So car company, probably heard of that, makes a little cute Fiat Uno, we all like. So as you may have been aware, they're in a fair bit of trouble, like a lot of car companies. Um, They were losing a lot of money, their market share had slipped. Um, Italy is not culturally known as being a hotbed of efficiency. Um, which they're fixing. Um, Not that we can hassle them in Australia, we're a bit too relaxed, we're all surfing. And this is in their own words. Uh, And so they talk, they recognize that organizationally, a lot of their problems tied back to cultural issues. So around um, rigid hierarchies, silos, poor decision making, um, lack of um, blame culture, and all of the rest of the things you often see in organisations under siege. I guess excitingly they recognised that if they were going to deliver an organisation that was going to be successful, then part of that was going to be about fixing the culture. And a broad organisational programme was was run to identify the characteristics that, that Fiat needed to embody in the staff and the way they worked. As part of that, they then needed to get those cultural behaviors into the actual practices of staff across the organization. And this is where the intranet came in. So they established an internal portal called Avante e Veloci, fast and forward. Cool working for a car company, isn't it? And this was about focusing on managers, leaders in their terms, and about helping leaders to build leadership skills. So this is a, a project to drive cultural change. And the portal looks like this. It's not the prettiest thing in the world, but that doesn't really matter. And this is about giving a set of tools and a set of information and a set of interactive elements that leaders can use to learn and build these leadership skills. And There's lots of really interesting aspects to this. So you can see here on the side, this idea about credits. So you gain credits when you do activities. In this case, um, you can see here they've got a Q and A. So this is built upon some reading material, so you, you read books, or you involve, get involved in an activity and this is the way of demonstrating that you've actually understood what this is all about. And in this case, you get 40 points and then you can see the points that you've gained, and there's a bit of a leaderboard about who's the highest points gainer. Interestingly, they didn't force anyone to use this. It was not mandatory. They started with I think about 300 liters. they rolled it out ultimately to about 1,200, and their attitude was very much we're not gonna force people to use it because that way, when people do use it, they're gonna have a commitment to do so. And they didn't. They didn't reward or punish people based on this. The points didn't give them discounts on cars or anything else like this. Now see. I guess there was a sense of, of implied competition internally, but it was focused very much on the individual. Out of this, the impact was pretty extraordinary they were able to slate in part the turnaround of the entire organization on this program and this, this portal. I mean, scary figures, so losses of two million euros a day uh, to profits of five million a day. From terrible profit share to selling bucket loads worth of cars. And the senior, one of the senior managers of the org- organization talks very directly about this impact of this project on the culture and therefore on the outcomes of the organisation. I mean, they did lots of other stuff. I mean, they fixed factories and they developed new cars. I mean, it wasn't just about this. But the reason why this got the platinum award from the judges was, was twofold. First is that this was had a very clear intent about what they wanted to see happen as a result of this. And it was tied tightly into the organization itself. But this wasn't just, let's throw up an e-learning portal and hope for the best. I mean, there was offline activities, there was face-to-face activities, there was lots of work around develop, delivering this in campaigns for like three months to get people continuously engaged in this. And it was lined up with all of the actual practice improvement projects. So a lot of work to really connect this up with the organization. And obviously dollar-wise, I mean in terms of ROI, it's not often you can say, hey we helped save an organization, So we were pretty blown away by that. So that's my first example. Any questions, comments about that? Down the front, I'll relay the question. Was their website really in English? And the answer was yes. I mean, there are sections in the discussion areas which were in Italian. Um, but actually, like a lot of global companies, the common language is in English. They're not just in Italy. I mean, they've got manufacturing plants in, in, in the body of, of Europe and sales offices I mean, all over the world. So, yeah, it's actually in English. Hmm. Okay, so the question is, if, if I, tell me if I get this right, so were the face-to-face activities part of driving usage of the intranet or was the intranet lined up with the face-to-face activities to kind of get this outcome? Definitely the latter. But I mean, this wasn't about delivering an intranet, sake, intranet for the sake of delivering an intranet. I mean, this was created because it was seen as an effective way of delivering this kind of information and driving this kind of cultural change. Off the top, so the question was, what were the kind of face-to-face activities they were doing? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. You can read the report. There's more information in that. That wasn't a fact that I committed to memory, so... Who is the executive sponsor? I don't know that either. So I'm probably gonna run short on answering any more difficult questions. I'm reliant on, on the information they provided in their award submission. But I said, there's more in the report, but you know, this is obviously only certain details on everything. So Let me hit you with the next one as an example. So this is at the other end of the extreme. So this is a, a local government uh, in Australia, in Victoria, for those people who know where that is, um, sort of around Melbourne. Um, this is a, a local government organisation, um, quite small, probably three, 400 people, intranet team of one. And they won a gold award. And they won a gold award in sort of the core functionality category around actually delivering core improvements to the intranet platform itself. This is their intranet. It's kind of cute, isn't it? I like that a lot. I mean, okay, so you know, if you're working in a big stuffy organization, this is probably not the branding you would have, but I like two things about this. One, it has a branding a very clear branding, a clear identity for the internet, something that a lot of sites don't have and every site should have. I also like the fact that this branding matches the, the organizational culture. I mean, it's a small organization. Everyone knows each other. It's about sort of community and enjoying where you work. So this is brilliant for that. And, and Boris appears throughout the internet and, and he's, got, he's got a body to go with the head as well and points at various things and he's great. But that's not the reason why they won the award. Just so the reason why they won the award is for this. So this is, again, nothing particularly fancy, but this is some nice improvements to the internal staff directory. When I mean, everyone has an internal phone directory, an internal staff directory, I mean, we wrote a whole report on how to make them work well, um, we like these things a lot. But in this case, we're starting to use Ajax. Very sexy. So I can start to, speed search, start to type in the name and immediately I'm getting the details. But not just any details. This is actually a lot of the the key details that I need, including the internal phone number. So actually I don't even have to hit return to get the information that I need, let alone to click through to anything else. And it gives other details. Someone is away. The little arrow thing is... If I'm not around, talk to this person. This is the pe- people who report to that person, is the last little group icon. So, a lot of information straight away, very quickly. And that was nice. But they did a lot of other nice things as well. So, this you've probably seen before. How many people have, have a map of, of people's locations in their staff directory? Let me get a show of hands. Wow. Okay, so that's about 20 out of, somewhere between one and 200 people, so. Okay, so that's not so common. I kinda like this, you should have this. But it's a very small organization, very small resources. Now you could think, wow, you know, they get really fancy geolocation and all this sort of stuff, but actually this is set up by the staff people themselves. When they first start in the organization, the internet pesters them, until I come onto this page and they get an interface where they can click where they are and they can keep clicking until the star is in the right spot. And then they go, yep, that's where I am. Is it perfect? No. Is it simple? Oh yeah. Right, so I mean, very nice little bit of technology that works dramatically well without, you know, engineering this huge geolocation architecture. But why stop there? You're like, who's near me? So clicking on that, Now I can see the people that actually sit around, the person I might wanna go and talk to. So I can remember that, oh, that's Jane, that's right, okay, so I'm not embarrassed when I turn up or I say, Peter, how's it going? Like, you know, I can still remember his name. So this is useful, it's about building culture and actually about improving staff efficiency as well. And there's other back improvements. What was nice about this is in um, Michael who developed this. In Michael's own words, he said, some of the best innovations are the ones you never even notice. They're the things that just save you the five seconds, the 20 seconds on the tasks that you do five times every day. That just add up to saving you a lot of time. They're not the fancy things, they're the things you take for granted and this is one of those things. And we agreed." I mean, this embodied the idea that actually innovation is not about big bang stuff necessarily. It's often the accumulation of lots of little improvements that add up to making a lot of difference in terms of effectiveness of the internet, but obviously more importantly about the effectiveness of staff. Questions or comments about this one? Over the side there. How is it maintained? So, obviously, the great challenge around the staff directory is actually getting people to keep it up to date. Uh, As you might expect, there's a a good, robust self service capability built into this. Um, And as I said, it actually pesters you in a polite way, like when you start as a staff person, to actually go and put in the details. So, that's the right point to capture them. Seen very few systems that actually get people at that early stage. Um, so they just pre-fill details and hope that six months later when something changes, they'll remember to update something. Um, and I think like, I mean any good system around this should always have a mix of centralized and decentralized. So you've got some overlap. Double up your chances of getting stuff up to date. All right, so the, the main switchboard will know when people change. So they should be updating stuff as well. Any other questions about this one over there? So the question is what happens when the map changes. They're in trouble I suspect. But luckily for them, right and this is about saying innovation matches the organisation it serves, they're all in the one building. It's the council building. It's in the middle of town. It's not going to move. They're not going to build another one not in, in you know for another 20 years no doubt. So they're probably pretty certain it's going to be okay. But you know, that is not necessarily the case for other organisations. So you may have some other considerations to manage. Any other questions? Okay, let me hit you with a third thing. So this is another gold award this is focusing on the, the communication aspect of things. This is on the Environment Agency in the UK. Um, they're the ones who deal with Well, the most visible thing they deal with is the flooding. Anyone who's been reading the world news has seen that they've been very, very busy in the last year. Um, They do a pile of other stuff around environmental protection and stuff like that. So it's in part the UK version of the EPA. What they developed was personas, which, okay, in this crowd, personas is not a new concept. So in and of itself this doesn't count as innovative. I mean, how many people have actually developed personas in this room? That's what I like, look at that, well over half. And this is a nice example of personas. So they went out and did the research the way you're supposed to. What we liked about this was several things. First off, the richness in which they they used to convey the results of this, I mean the classic thing, um, this is Owen, the Environment Officer. So the details about, about me, about my job, and what do I what I want, and the photo, and stuff like that. I mean, you get nice things like like this. Owen's desk. So he spends a lot of his time around in I think you call them Wellingtons, um, trudging around near near muddy canals. So um, with his camera, and his mobile phone, and his maps, and his banana. And it's about, again, like Persona's supposed to do, provide rich context around this. What was particularly nice was the level of professionalism they used um, to deliver this information. So it's a beautiful bound book, really nicely presented. And okay, so pretty is not that important in and of itself, but it was engaging, tremendously engaging. And they originally intended this to target decentralized authors. They had 600 at the time, which is quite a lot. They're shrinking that now. But about helping the authors deliver better content. And they had personas for the website, personas for the internet. What they found was actually this was tremendously effective at connecting with stakeholders and management. Management just got this. So it's like, we want to do this for Owen. Or, yeah, look, it's a great idea, but what we're doing is we're focusing on delivering services for Owen at this point. And managers just understood this in a way that they certainly didn't expect. And like a lot of internet projects, they've been fighting a lot of battles. They're doing major redesign project and all the heartache that goes with that. And this was one of the things that helped them turn a corner help them engage with the organisation on a different level and in a different way. And they're able to leverage this very effectively in terms of starting to deliver a more effective internet but also to start to underpin more ethnographic research around delivering more of the activity side of things, not just the content and communication side of things. Because they can start to talk about the fact that, hey, Owen needs maps. And the current electronic maps kind of suck. So, what can we do about that it's a very interesting and when there um, there's video interviews um, of a number of these people that are up on YouTube that you can search for. I was going to play one, but I was got a bit short on time. but there's a question that I asked them about, so what was your lessons learned? And the lessons learned from this was, we should have done this earlier. I had them in mean, and because I said, a lot of the battles simply won away. And this was a very nice way of engaging with the organization. And it won a prize on that basis. Questions about this? Hmm. How, many were
0: there?
1: How many personas were there? There were three intranet personas. So there was Owen, the environment officer, Marsha, the manager, and Nikki, the new starter. And then I think there were seven website personas. Don't quote me on that. Um, I can only remember the internet ones off the top of my head. Um, and I guess like any good persona project, they look, they're planning to go back and, and pass back over this again. Uh, and it probably needs a little bit more richness around stuff. I think Owen is the strongest of the personas by far. So the website we used well? well. uh, Were the website personas used to develop the website? Absolutely. Yeah, so I mean like any large government agency, there is an awful lot of communication that is done. In their case, a lot of very important information to a lot of people. It's so like, if you build your house here, you will flood. Kind of important, but not necessarily done any effectively as, you know, it's a government website. The question is Do I have screenshots of the intranet uh, and that reflect how the personas we used to influence the outcome of the redesign? I presume. Uh, and the answer is I don't have those because they're still waiting to go live as of today. They've done all their work, um, but IT won't let them turn it on. Um, so they're just waiting a little bit. Um, so, no, it hasn't gone live yet. Uh, it's not for me to share. I mean, this is the environment agency's work, but you'd be welcome to contact them. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to promise to put everyone in touch with them because that might be a bit too much of them, but we can see what we can sort out. I'll certainly encourage them to do some, some more case studies of their own and stuff like this. They're doing some lovely work. So, um, The back there. Sorry, what was the... Yeah, I mean this is, so this is the interesting thing about the first year of the awards and a huge opportunity for you guys in the second year. All right, and I'm gonna talk more about this. Right? So in terms of the judging of the awards, 40% of the score is based on demonstrating business value, And we put it there quite deliberately because frankly, we're not interested in cool stuff for the sake of cool stuff. Right? That's not what this is about. We put it in there also having every expectation that people would struggle to demonstrate this, and they did. So, if you guys can actually demonstrate stronger business value, you're in with an excellent chance of winning a beautiful glass trophy this year. I'm not joking. I mean, this is, this is the, I think the exciting thing about running these sorts of awards. Right? Clearly, the purpose behind them is to, is to highlight ideas that you can steal, ethically. That's part one. Part two is saying, you guys can look at this and go, wow, is that all? Actually, you've got some much cooler stuff in that, great. All right. So now we, are, we, we, we start to get a little bit of competition in amongst this. Right? So it's going to get harder and harder to win awards as we go. And I, and I guess what I would highlight is that we are not saying that these are the best ideas. We are not saying these are the best intranets. I don't believe in the idea of the best intranet. That's just crazy. No matter how beautiful a report you put it in, it doesn't make the fact that any small sense to have the 10 best intranets in the world. What this is saying is that, hey, this is an idea that is worthy of recognition and worthy of sharing. And I think that's a much more important thing to focus on. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were able to, to give examples about how they were able interacted with the organization and some testimonials from people. So they, I mean, they had to still work to demonstrate value. But no, they weren't able to demonstrate dollar value out of this. Some question over there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the, the score, I'm going to come to that in a second. I'm glad you asked. I'll, I will come back to you and I will show you the table. Oh, no, actually it's not in there. So I will tell you. It's about originality, it's 30 percent. 30 percent is uh, staff impact. How has it changed the way staff work? And the 40 percent is business failure. There's actually a slideshow. That, um, that's on the website. It's actually on SlideShare titled How to Win an Internet Innovation Award. It will explain all of this and give you some tips. So. The last one I want to look at in, in my sort of broad spread of winners. So not all the winners, but I wanted to pick ones at different corners. Is from QBE, also based in Australia. Um, they're a, a multinational insurance company first and foremost plus investments and all the other financial bits and pieces that go with these sorts of companies and what they delivered was an investigator wizard. What is an investigator wizard? So in an insurance company a huge issue industry-wide is fraudulent claims. It's like absolutely thieves broke in and burnt my factory down can I have my 10 million. Right, so there's a huge industry-wide focus on, on identifying fraudulent claims and obviously then doing something bad to those people, certainly not giving them money. So um, the way QBE works is that they have a, a team of contracted investigators. They fan out and actually ask people questions and examine the scene and do whatever it else is that they do. There's a central team within the organisation who flags certain claims and passes those jobs out to the investigators and then gets the information back and makes decisions based on that. Historically, that process was very ad hoc. So people actually farming out the work would collect together, in some cases, different details, They'd write up a letter by hand and send it out, and sometimes they gave all the information, sometimes they gave the right information, sometimes they didn't. So what QBE developed was a very simple application, again, nothing fancy, about helping that central team in collecting and communicating the best information to this, in, this team of investigators, following this sort of wizard metaphor. So you can see here, this is uh, one of the main screenshots out of it. It's tabs across the top which identifies triggers, uh, aspects that are worthy of, of looking at across multiple categories. The incident, the type of injury, was it a worker or a contractor, the expenses claimed and things like this. And then some of the details, did it occur off site? Was it related to a motor vehicle? Was there assault involved? And then based on that, this is the evidence that would be needed, right? Well, we need to collect um, a police report, the original claim form. Um, we need to check the authenticity of anonymous information. So go through and based on the situation at hand, choose the the relevant details. And then out of that is automatically generated a form. They're able to tailor it but in amongst here is all the details that the investigator needs. And then it's just print, email out. And again, the senior manager here talks about the impact this has had on their effectiveness in dealing with these fraudulent claims, in dealing with a process for this. And this is something they, de- they developed locally, Don't, not, not a lot of development resources, it wasn't some huge bought application, it was here's a business need, what can we do to address it? And I think it's very nice, it's not pretty, it seems to be a theme of last year's winners. They're not super sexy. I don't really care. I'm not judging it on, on its aesthetics. I'm judging it on the impact. And that's what the judging panel was looking at. So this is an example of a business solution, and there's a category for that. Win the awards. So questions. What was the process before? Uh, word. You know, going off on the the, the basis of the individual's best practice, collecting together the details and typing it into a Word document and then printing that out and emailing it out ad hoc. Hmm. Questions? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Um, Well, I know for sure this would be Australia wide. I don't know whether it's used more broadly than that, but I know for sure that the area of, that org- of the organization that was responsible for this is, is across Australia. Oh. Any other questions? So the question is why then take this offline? I mean, why not have a fully online system where the investigator could put in the details electronically and then go back? Well, I'm sure that'd be great. Maybe that's next on their list. I mean, this—I mean, there's obviously still plenty of opportunities to improve this process, but that's complicated. I mean, that's now handheld devices and synchronization and you know, handheld development and database um, and integration and stuff like that. So possible, but a much bigger deal. This. Is an example of where actually you can make quick win improvements without having to try and solve everything. I mean, I see this in organizations time and time again. It's like we can't get rid of the bits of paper and replace it by a simple online form because, well, there's a need for an electronic signature, so we need to put in place a whole digital signature infrastructure and then back end workflow and approval and stuff. And yes. But actually I would argue in that particular case there's a rule of thirds that says one-third of your existing paper forms are simple forms that could be immediately in an afternoon replaced with a simple thing where you type some words and it generates an email. That still leaves two-thirds but I've now eliminated 100 forms in an afternoon. That seems like a pretty good start and then I can come back and incrementally improve the back-end technology without having to screw with the front-end that I've delivered to staff. So I think that's pretty good as a, as a model for going. Question? Uh, again, they're able to, to talk about the benefits but they haven't as, they didn't demonstrate tangible benefits in their entry. And again, if you can do that, you, you'll definitely win an award i <laughs> I mean that's why fiat won a won a platinum award because they are actually able to slate it back to very large actual you know, dollars in that case euros you know organizational benefits that's pretty cool in activity and collaborations sorry i'll, I'll, I'll So the question was, um, um, well, let me, ask, let me just rephrase that. The last bit of it is that there would seem to be room for an award for effective intranets, not just innovative. And the answer is of course, yes and no. It depends actually. Sorry, I'm in a room of IAs, what am I saying? So um, the problem with that, right? So we've seen an awful lot of intranets across an awful lot of countries in the world. Um, and I've just put up, Um, on SlideShare, um, a set of slides that talks about the evolution of intranets. and talks about six phases of intranet evolution, and I've actually recorded it, so I've done the whole sexy slide cast thing. Um, And it talks about the fact that actually the bulk of intranets are at the same spot, and they're all wrestling with similar sort of issues. And I've asked time and time again, so who has the perfect intranet? Implicitly, so we can all rush there and copy their intranets, which is fair enough. There isn't one. I haven't seen the perfect intranet. I've seen every intranet I've seen has a mix of strengths and weaknesses. Mostly reflecting the strengths and weaknesses of the intranet teams themselves. So can we make wholesale improvements to intranets? Yeah, absolutely. Does it make sense to judge the intranet as a whole? No, I don't believe it does. Either we set the bar too low and we let anyone win or we set the bar at an appropriate height in which case no one wins. No, but this is about saying that innovation is about the accumulation of of individual improvements. And this is all about identifying those improvements, as I said, so you can steal them. Is it perfect in capturing that? No, but I think it is useful. Up to you to judge. So let me bring this back to a broader discussion when I head towards the wrap up. So some common themes that came out of this is this. It's about new ideas, not just maintenance. Most intranet teams are now trapped spending 95% of their time maintaining their current site. That's okay, but it means that the intranet of next year is exactly the same as the intranet of today. And In fact, to a large extent, intranets haven't moved an awful lot in the last five years. Certainly not around the core aspects. So we're actually treading water. That's not good enough. We actually need to find ways of delivering new value to organizations if we are to progress intranets forward and certainly if we're to innovate them. And it's all about solving a business problem or meeting a business need. Right? I mean, yes, tagging or something would be really cool, but I want to see how it's actually going to help staff do their jobs. And I'm sure it can, but that's the focus we should have. And I think we need to push the boundaries of, of what the internet actually is. I mean, to, to actually not be afraid of saying, well, actually, maybe the internet is also on a handheld device. Maybe the internet can be used to communicate information onto a notice board where bits of paper are stuck. Maybe we can actually blur the lines between applications and what we traditionally called the internet. At the end of the day, the simple thing we can say, easy to say, hard to do, but the simple thing we can say is we want to deliver a seamless user experience to staff where they can get all the tools and information they need to do their jobs. Staff don't care about systems. They don't care what we call the internet and, and what we call the document management system or SharePoint. It's not that important. And so we need to focus on the broader picture, not just on where internet's traditionally set. And as I've said repeatedly, it's not just about the Big Bang improvements, it's also about the accumulation of a lot of little ideas. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And some of the other uh, award winners don't actually use technology at all. So it's not about that, it's actually about delivering things that is hard, that is unusual, that is valuable. So one of the winners, uh, a global pharmaceutical company, brought all of their product information into one spot. Ooh. Now You might think that's kind of obvious, and it is, except that global pharmaceutical companies just don't do this, because it's staggeringly hard, because of all the internal politics and geographical issues. So the fact that they're able to do it, and the way in which they did it by dealing with the people issues, was actually innovative, even though the technology was not in the picture at all. And we've talked about that. And we've talked about that too. So let me talk about the 2008 awards. So they, as so they focus on individual improvements. Um, there, is a, 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 there are four judges globally. I am one, it's Martin White in the UK, Jane McConnell in France, Howard McQueen in the US. Uh, we're all, in theory, internet experts. So it is a, it is a neutral judging, process. It opened for awards, it got launched in Copenhagen on the 5th of March and will close on the 16th of May. So you've got just over a month, which is plenty of time because you'll all leave it to the last moment anyway. (laughs) Like doing your homework. Details online and I expect that every one of you or certainly three quarters of you will have something nice. That you can submit. An improvement to the staff directory, a nice use of enterprise search, integration of collaboration tools, the interesting integration with instant messaging, the delivery of stuff to Blackberries, the delivery of information out to field staff in some other form, the integration of maps, all these little things. Any of those might spark some ideas. Nothing would make me happier than to give you a lovely trophy when I'm back in the US in September doing the awards ceremony. On that note, I will leave it there. Um, we've written many, many articles, 150 plus articles. How many people have read the articles that we've written? Wow, okay, so that's about a fifth. other four fifths of you guys, if you're interested in intranets, we have published a massive amount of information. Have a look, it's all free. And don't hesitate to give me a yell, happy to chat. Thank you.